Renee's mother and uh, just did a great job on that and it's much appreciated. Uh, this morning, like I said, I, I, Friday there with, and I was in the office and I was planning on starting an Easter series and going to be in Luke. And anyway, God changed that and so I thought it would be good to address this issue that we're dealing with today. So we're going to be in a couple different places, mainly Psalm 91 if you want to go ahead and turn there and we'll read that in a moment. But 75 years ago, this country was involved in World War II and most of us are familiar with D-Day or at least in, in passing and that was on June 6, 1944, when the Allied forces stormed the beaches at Normandy. Now, what Hitler had done and what he said he had was a whole Atlantic wall, that it was impregnable, it was unassailable. Well, at the cost of a lot of lives, the Allies proved him wrong, and that was the beginning of the end for the Nazi regime. So that, that unassailable was actually assailed, and that which could not be broken was broken through. Now, because of that war, and in part of that, we, as we being Americans, we have become a superpower, and we've remained a superpower. And some people would say we're one of the only ones left. And I think in the time we have developed as Americans this idea that our country is unassailable, that we are somehow um, protected and, and we're, we're going to be okay regardless when 9-11 took place. And for a brief period of time, we thought, oh, this is not good. And then we just, you know, kind of came back from that. And it's like, okay, America, we can't, we can't really be touched. And I think we have that same mental idea that, that Hitler had that he was unassailable and yet here we are in the 21st century being assailed being invaded not by tanks or bombs or planes by by something that is so small it can't be seen with the naked eye a microbe a virus who would have thought the impact when I heard that they canceled March Madness. I knew this was serious. We do a lot of things. You start messing with basketball and sports. That's serious stuff. And it is. I mean, think about that. You know, you start talking about the NBA and, and, and the whole... Do you know how many millions of dollars are just gone? That, that's, that's serious. And... You know, this is a global pandemic. Uh, the World, Horth, World Health Organization, who declared this a pandemic on March 11th. And here we are on March 15th, and we're seeing the effects of it right here. And we've never done two services like this. So... I thought, okay, how are we, and I, as I mentioned earlier, I think there's a lot of fear out there, and, you know, we're not going to have school for the next two weeks. College classes had already 
canceled a lot of theirs. They were going online. And a lot of fear, a lot of panic out there. Um, so how, how are we supposed to respond? Now, you can keep your place there in Psalm 91 because we, we are going to that. But one of the first things, we're not to ignore the crisis. That, that is not a good thing to do. Uh, Proverbs, it has a whole bunch of, of wisdom in it. But one, I just want to share one verse from Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. And the Solomon says this, and it, oh, get to 27, 12. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. God has, has given us intelligence. And to pretend that there's not a coronavirus and that there's no reason we should change anything, we're just going to go ahead and go on, well, that, that wouldn't be very smart. So we're seeing a lot of reactions around us. Certain things are being shut down. Certain things are, are being limited. And people are reacting. So that, that's good. Now, I've already shared with you what we've decided to do as far as our church services, and we don't see the need right now to totally cancel them. That might come to that. That's why we're trying this live stream now um, for those that, that can't be here, and, um, and then we'll, we'll post the regular messages on the website. But right now, we're, we are doing some... We'd already decided not to do the handshake fellowship time. We'd already cut that out. We made that decision Wednesday. We've posted some guidelines on Facebook. So that's, that's smart. Um, now, what though... Let's turn back to Psalm 91 and let's look at some things that we are to do and not to do in a situation like this. And I am going to read uh, the entire Psalm, 16 verses. If you're able and willing to stand in the honor of the reading of the word, I ask you to do so. The psalmist says this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot. 
Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Father, I thank you for this reading of your word. And now give us wisdom to understand and apply it to our lives in these troubling times. We ask, we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Well, the first thing I want to share is this. As Christians, as believers, we need to trust God in all situations, including pandemics. It says we find our shelter in the Most High. We're under Him. We're in his refuge. Look at those words. My refuge and my fortress. My God in whom I will trust. He is our rock. He is our place of security. And the idea is that as believers we live under the protection of God's umbrella. And when we go outside that umbrella and make bad choices, bad decisions, live according to the world, we forfeit his covering. Now, anything that had, that comes to us, it has to come through. I'm talking to believers here. Anything that enters into your life is filtered through the hand of God's grace. Nothing gets to us that God does not allow to come. We can trust God. We can depend on him. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this. It says, do not be anxious about anything. You think there's some anxiety out here even amongst believers with this COVID-19? Yes. Are we going to be personally impacted? Yes. If you have school children in schools, you're getting impacted starting tomorrow for two weeks. Teachers. I don't know what they're going to do with you guys. Um, I mean, you getting paid? <laughs> you, you stop paying people, that, that's going to be an impact. Um, our son Luke works in a hotel industry, an upscale hotel in California. Guess who's not coming to upscale hotels anymore? Nobody. Um, it's impacting us. But... The scripture says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think God knows what's going on. He's not surprised by this virus at this time. In, in this global situation, but we can still trust him. We don't have to just panic. A lot of panic going on. As people of faith, we don't need to be a part of that. Well, also, second point, we're not to abuse or twist Scripture to suit the situation. Now, the basic theme of this psalm is protection. The language that's used indicates this. There's refuge, there's fortress, there's deliverance, there's a covering, rescue. Other words, it, it all talks about protection. 
And the point of this morning with the virus, the psalmist mentions twice that God, at least twice, uh, I realize it's again in, in verse uh, 10 about the plague, but if you look at verse 3, verse 6, and verse 10, there's this idea here that God will protect us. The believer will not fear the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. Plague won't come near your tent. And there's this idea of protection. Now, one of our church members sent me this in an email. I looked into it. As far as I can tell, it's, it's factual. I checked several different sources. But there's a pastor. His name is Brian Tamaki. He's a pastor, lead pastor of Destiny Church. It's a mega church. It's headquartered in Auckland, New Zealand. Now, this is what he told his congregation last Sunday, and he was using this psalm, Psalm 91, and that's kind of what led me to think, wow, maybe this is a good time to, to look at Psalm 91 here. This is what he told his congregation. Thousands of people he's telling this to. God has promised to protect faithful followers of Christ from the coronavirus. He quoted portions of Psalm 91 as proof of immunity. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday, he read from his Bible. Then he continued, we needn't fear it. There's a lot of hysteria that has been engendered by certain elements about this pandemic. And then he told his congregation this, God allows such things as epidemics, pestilence, and famine when people have turned their backs on the faith. And all that is true. This could be God's judgment on wickedness in our world. It very well could be. But then he says this, But the blood-bought, born-again, Jesus-loving, Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled, tithe-paying Christians will be immune. He's prosperity gospel. You can trust Jesus. You can be blood-bought. But not until you pay your tithes will you be protected from the coronavirus. That is heretical, false teaching. That is an abomination, and it's a twisting of this scripture. It's an abuse of scripture. He's actually saying, come right out and say it. If you tithe, you will not get the coronavirus. Can a believer who's trusting God still contract the coronavirus? Hey, man, we get cancer. We can die from cancer as Bible-believing, blood-bought, faith-filled Christians. This psalm does not mean that God is saying that if you're a believer, you are immune. That's not what this psalm's about. If that was true, it would contradict the message, the whole message of Job, a lot of the Proverbs, some of the other psalms, and Jesus himself in the New Testament. That's not what this means. It reminds me of several years ago, Gloria Copeland talking about how Jesus was her flu shot. 
I don't know if you remember that. I, I mentioned that. I don't know. It's been about five years ago. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I can, I can go walk into a ward at the hospital. It's just full of coronavirus people, and people are dying, and I can go in there, but I paid my tithes, so I can go in here, and I'm going to be safe. Well, you know what? That's stupid. Remember what the proverb said? The, the wise man sees a danger? Yeah, We've, God's given us a mind. We're not to do stupid things. Alexander McLaren, who's a Bible teacher of years gone by, he's, he's talking about this, and he says, you know, about this distinction, and he says, whatever it does mean, it does not mean that with regard to external calamities and disasters, we are going to be God's petted children or to be saved from the things that fall upon other people. No, we have to go a great deal deeper than that. We have to come to the belief that the evil, and there is evil in this, natural evil, the evil in that is that the evil will never come near to a man sheltered beneath God's wing. Meaning that the evil inherent in the thing, whether there's cancer, we live in a fallen world, believers get sick, believers can die. There's evil in that, but it's not the evil that separates us from God. We're protected in that sense. The physical external event may be entirely the same to him as to a lost person, but the internal, the spiritual is vastly different. God doesn't always heal in this world for the believer, but he heals in the world to come. Diane Adams, we had that funeral yesterday, and I saw her in the hospital the week before, and she was struggling to breathe, and had that cancer, and it was just eating her body, and then she got the pneumonia, and it just struggled. Did God heal her? I would say yes. Was she protected by, according to Psalm 91? Yes. Where is she? She's in heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. She's been healed. And it would do us very well to remember if you look at verses 11 and 12... And it, this is one that says, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hand they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Those might be familiar to us. Because we hear them in the New Testament. Because this is what Satan quoted during the temptation of Jesus in Matthew 4. So he took him up on top of the temple and he said hey if you're the son of god jump off because and then he quoted this he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways you know what jesus replied he didn't do it he responded you shall not put the lord your god to the test there is faith and then there's presumption and we are not to test God. We're to trust God. We're not to test him. And so Satan was trying to use this 
as a, just like this Tamaki guy's using it as a, as a good luck charm of magic, an immunity bracelet. He's saying you won't get the coronavirus. Satan was saying, Jesus, you can jump off this thing and you won't get hurt because God said so in Psalm 91. And Jesus responded, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. God may keep us as individuals safe from this. He may allow us to experience it. That's up to him in his sovereignty. As I said, whatever comes our way as believers, it's filtered through the hand of a loving and gracious God. We're called to live by faith, not fear. As Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And then lastly, I want to share this. Third point, we are to be prayerful and open to the opportunity this crisis allows us to share the gospel. Because there is a lot of fear out here. There's people making preparations. There's people going crazy. Last Tuesday evening, I was at Sam's. I was getting three items, and that's what I got. Well, no, I got, um, I got some snacks that I wasn't supposed to get. But, man, it's good prices, and it's some of that good pretzel mix stuff. But anyway, I got my little two items, and, and there's a family in front of me, and the cashier's telling them, oh, I'm sorry, you can only have two things of water so they grumbled and put them over there and and when they left i asked her, i said what's that all about she said oh man people are going crazy with this coronavirus they're coming in here and they're buying whole flats like i'm i think she meant pallets of water and told, and she pulled out from under a register a list of things that sam's had put limits on this was last tuesday now I've seen other things. You know what? You, you can't buy toilet paper. Or you, if you can find it, I guess. They're, they're... I mean, if you don't have food. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's panic. Uh, yeah, you figured that one out. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Somebody explained that to a few people that have. Um... Anyway, let's move on. We, we, see, what they're doing is, so we're going to just retreat right into our own. We're not coming out. And, and see, that's the idea of what God would not have us to do. Like I said, we need to be prudent, need to be smart. But when we talk to the lost people, and say, oh, man, yeah, I, just, I don't know what to that's a great time to share Jesus with them. Wow, you are preparing for this virus. That's great. Are you preparing for eternal life? Because COVID-19 may or may not get you, but as I told those people in the funeral yesterday, something's going to get us. Something. will. We all die. I heard uh, Pastor John MacArthur tell the reason he didn't believe in faith healers. He said, well, you show me a faith healer who's 130 years old, and I'll believe in you, believe in them. They die just right on time like the rest of us. We all die. The important thing is, are you ready to meet God? 
Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.2, and this is for us, to be ready in season and out of season. Peter told the scattered church that was under persecution in 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. We need to be praying for opportunities to share the gospel with people who are living in fear and who are not ready for this or any other crisis of life. So this morning, as we close this service, like I said, we'll not be having an um, invitation time per se. I'm going to pray for us. Uh, we'll, we'll be dismissed. Uh, actually, I'm going to have uh, Gary pray for us uh, and pray for him as he's uh, got funerals. And that's, like I said, there's um, people... They're, they're not going to be happy about limitations and things like this when it comes to families. So we, we need to be praying for him. But pray for opportunities that our faith can shine in the light of the fear. And if, if you're convicted, if God's leading you to understand you're outside the faith, come and talk to me. What a great time to surrender your life to Christ and serve him. Can't think of a better time to do it than today. In the Bible, always, for the day of salvation, it's always today. It's never tomorrow. Today is a day of salvation. I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've been blessed. And um, Brother Gary, will you dismiss us in prayer, please? Thank you all for being here, and uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated. Like I said, if you need your number, uh, you're free to get up and move around, but if you need your number on the text thing, just write me and let me know.